you know, there's like, you see like this old ass freaking construction sign or like something and she goes, Perry McCreary. <laughs> Road, Road work ahead. Perry McCreary turns and goes, I sure hope it does. <laughs> Hello and welcome to our The 100 Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 28-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Abertania, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And if I could play a sport in space, I would also play soccer. Oh, you would also play Yeah, soccer. yeah, I love soccer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and my name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 23-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And if I could play a sport in space, I would play baseball. It's my favorite sport. Baseball, mm-hmm. baseball. So what's cool about this episode, Brittany? I don't know. Really? No, I'm serious. Can you not see me staring off into space like... That doesn't transfer on audio. Yes, but it's supposed to give you a visual cue. Okay. In case it's not obvious, we're in the same room. <laughs> Today we are together. We've done this once before on our Riverdale podcast, but yeah. this is the first time we're doing it. Just us two. Just us two. <laughs> Although next season, when we're... Because next season is a thing, we'll, we'll be together for most of it. Yeah. For most, if not all, because we will uh, both be here at all times. It's either going to go really well, or we're going to fuck it up immediately. Yeah. (laughs) Today we have words to say about episode 504 of The 100, Pandora's Box. Oh my god, I love Pandora Box. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's favorite drag queen. I actually don't know anything about Pandora Box. Yeah, you didn't watch her season. I I sure didn't. I did. What season is she in? Two, I think. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that. She was in season two. I liked her. She got Miss Congeniality. But Tatiana was in that season. Yeah. Now, that's why I said one of my favorites. <laughs> You're like, you can't have more than one favorite. <laughs> um, we actually got a comment on SoundCloud from Lisa Powell. And uh, something that she wanted to add is, I have a feeling that Zeke was one. I have a feeling that Zeke was the one who told the prisoners about Order 11, which was probably an awful experiment on them or in order to kill them all at the end of the mission. So Zeke thought this was wrong and helped the prisoners rebel. Okay, one, agreed. I actually do think that they were probably, like, going to be marooned there for life. They probably told them they could earn their, like, freedom, and then they were like, oh, yeah, JK, you're stuck on this, like, weird planet asteroid thing for life. Well, bye. Two, apparently Zeke's name isn't Zeke. His name is Miles Ezekiel Shaw. Yeah, I heard about this, but I didn't see the actual tweet about it. Can you um, elaborate? Oh, yeah. So we've been calling Zeke, like, the new, like... The name they gave him, yeah. But that's not actually his name. Like, it didn't clear, like, like, copyright. So his name is Miles Ezekiel Shaw. But the show just calls him Shaw. What do you mean it didn't clear the copyright? Well, because some names are real people's names. So, like, they actually had, um... And like, and some of them are other copyrighted characters' names. So there's probably another Zeke character, Zeke Shaw character, because on Nashville they actually had a Marcus Kane, and they had to change the spelling of it because, because we already Kane. had a Marcus Kane on the hundred. Why? Yeah, that was a really weird coincidence. So it's probably some other character's name that they had to like replace it with. So oh, from now yeah. on, I just like I think of him as Zeke though. Yeah, I think of him as Zeke too, and we're gonna keep calling him that unless they like start not calling him that on the show, in which case that would be weird. They only call him Shaw on the show. They haven't even said Zeke yet, have they? No, no one said Zeke. They just call him Shaw. The rest, of, we just have it in our head that his name is Zeke. Zeke is like a way better name for him. Yeah, call out close to the writers because there's already been a Miles on this show. 
I know that I'm the only one who cares about him. <laughs> But he's been here. It was spelled with a Y, but like he he was in like one episode in season one, and he showed up and he was like, "Hey, Clark and Finn," or he was like, "Hey, uh, everybody needs a buddy." Hey, Clark, you want to be my buddy? And Clark's like, "Oh, oh he was the number one Clark Griffin fan yeah. girl." And so Clark was like, "Um, I guess." And he's like, oh, "Cool, I'm hanging out with the main girl." And then Finn was like, "Hey, Clark, you're my buddy." And Clark's like, "I already have a buddy." <laughs> And then he, like, immediately got attacked. Then they brought him back, and then Murphy killed him. Yeah, he was a red shirt. Yeah. He was basically the most red shirt to ever red shirt, other than real red shirts. I'm, like, semi-okay at figuring out who's a red shirt. So, like, but genuinely, when I was watching season one for the first time, I was like, this is my new favorite character. I love him. What? Yeah, and then he died, and I was sad. He showed up, and he was like, hello, two main characters. We are about to go on a mission. I would like to join. And I was like... Okay, see ya. We'll die. Peace out. We'll Not gonna get now. attached to you. You're super gonna get killinated. Yeah. And then he did. Alright, so it's called Pandora's Box. You wanna talk about that? Do you wanna talk about that? I mean, you know, we talked a little bit about it in last week's episode, but... I mean, my only context for Pandora's Box is that I've seen Lara Croft Tomb Raider The Cradle of Life like 60 times. Okay, well, what did they say in there? That when you open Pandora's Box, all the evils of the world got out. And mm-hmm. that's why everything bad happened in that movie. Is Pandora's Box a Greek mythology? Or Roman mythology? Do you know? I don't! But I would like to know. Me too. Pandora's Box is an artifact in Greek mythology. Greek. Connected to the myth of Pandora and Hesoid's work and days. The container mentioned the original story was actually a large storage jar, but the word was later mistranslated as box. In modern times, an idiom has grown from it meaning any source of great and unexpected troubles, or alternatively, a present which seems valuable, but which in reality is a purse. So it's like the opposite of a blessing in disguise. Yes. Right? Yes. Toot a boot. Oh, big toot. Yeah, I'm going to give it a toot as well. Big old toot. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, you, I can't boot this episode. There's there's too much good in it. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's one part of this episode I didn't like. I'm digging around like, mm, I'm trying to sort through all of these gold coins for one that perhaps has a dent in it. I guess I thought it was kind of lazy for them to um, introduce a new character to mess something, like, do it huge plot point and make like the real inciting incident and then immediately kill him off that's fair i could i could see that but also like who else could they have done it with yeah plus it shows how expendable they think that their army is Mm -hmm. because mccreary was like boy bye yeah but yeah basically the whole episode was perfect Mm -hmm. i'm just really emotional about how good this season is so far (laughs) all right so we're going to talk about raven and murphy first (sighs) That's my, this is my favorite piece of the... The gruesome twosome. Wow. Robin, is it your favorite because Murphy's in it? That is a part of it. Yeah, I was going to say, that probably plays, like, some kind of role. Well, like, even at the beginning, like, in our 501 podcast, we've said, like, oh, let's remind people of our fates, and Murphy and Raven were my, were, like, my first. Yeah, favorite. exactly. So, like, thanks. Yeah, exactly. All right, so all of the people in cryostasis are still asleep. Um, and you can see them on the computer. Green is good, which is what Monty would say, which I appreciate. That was really cute. Fall back to a character who is literally not in this episode. Yeah, someone was like, yeah, the rest of Space Crew wasn't in this episode. And I was like, where are you, Space Crew? <laughs> Why are you not on screen? Why did you go into the woods? <laughs> so uh, then she like points out the empty crew pods. 
So thank you for bringing that up. Because yeah. I have many questions about the crew. And Red is dead. So this is easy to remember. Red is dead. It's almost like Red Shirt. Ooh. Oh! Okay, okay. Um, so we talk about Charmaine. And later they, like, imply that every day they, like, go on and they see, hmm, who should we look at today? Yeah, they have, like, a routine. Like, they wake up, they have breakfast. They choose a murderer. Yeah. And they learn some things. Yeah, they learn some things. And then they bicker and then they play sports. Yeah. No, it's nice. I think that's cute. That's a really good routine. It's what they deserve. So Charmaine has been decorated three times for Valor. And it turns out that she was a Navy SEAL. But then she became a terrorist. This was our big moment. This was so much fun to be together for. Yeah. Because we got to pause the episode and really take a look at what these articles were saying that they were... So do you want to talk about what we found out? Oh, yeah. So there's they display the articles behind Murphy's head. And so we paused them to see, like, what kind of crimes they had committed. So she was part of a terrorist organization called, was it the United Liberation Army? Yeah, ULA. Yeah. And um, they committed, I think they kind of looked like they mostly focused on Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So they... So Ton D.C. So Ton D.C. Which is where they are. So like, can you imagine oh, yeah. having her, like, I don't know, I just have this feeling where it's like, you know, we'll talk about this in a second here, but like, she has set off bombs and stuff. And she shows up to actual time, like Washington D.C., and she sees everything ruined. And she doesn't have. Mom she doesn't have any thoughts about it. Went off, and she and like I'm just imagining her being like, "Is this what I wanted?" Yeah. Like, does she have any uh, bombers remorse? Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. But anyway, so um, one of their terrorist attacks that I think that we saw, she like single handedly killed something like 90 people. I want to say yeah it says 80 died 100 wounded yeah and that was there was a suicide bomber in one and then another mm-hmm. one was a bomb on a train so 19 she killed yeah she was a big fan of bombs but one of our favorite parts was finding like seeing the date of the article yeah which was july it was a july 4th attack in 2041 so she literally like took the united states uh, thing very seriously ever because like that's where everyone is yeah the most amount of damage you're gonna do is in washington dc on mm-hmm. independence day literally which is interesting because in the stills for the next episode um she has an american flag tag too that she has like burned out oh. so like she clearly had like a huge gripe with you know the way that the united states was going and considering you know it's 2018 and that happened in 2041 it's really not that far off for any of us this is really like I don't want to say speaking to me, but, like, it's really kind of staying with me just because I'm thinking, like, you know, I'm not American, but I know what Canada Day means. Yeah. And so I can, like, kind of have an inkling of what Independence Day means. And, you know, something huge happened on 9-11, and now 9-11 is, like, a national day of, mm-hmm. of remembrance. And, ni- like, when you say 9-11, people know what it means. Mm-hmm. So it's really upsetting to me that if... And of course, I'm not saying that Canada Day is better than Independence Day. I'm just saying it in terms that no, I you understand. have you have the emotional connection because you're because we're both Canadian. But yes. like, if if it was like, no, this day isn't Canada Day anymore. It's a day when this terrible, mm-hmm. terrible terrorist attack attack happened. That would be really upsetting. Yeah, and I mean, if you even think about like the root of those days, like everyone's like, oh yeah, July Fourth is when like the Americans liberated themselves from the British, and it's like. Well, when you think about it, it also is, like, the Americans liberating themselves from the British 
but they did that by, like, slaughtering Native Americans. Mm -hmm. So, like, the day itself is, like, such a hugely, like, controversial day in the beginning. And, like, Hannah did the same way. Like, it's not like we treated our Indigenous people any better. Mm -hmm. So those days are already so controversial. So you can kind of see why it was the perfect day for her to pick to just, Mm -hmm. just absolutely destroy. She really ruined the meaning of the movie Independence Day as well. Mm -hmm. The Obama. (laughs) Mondo Obama. What would Jeff Goldblum think? But, like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because when you watch the show and, you, you know, you're not us yeah. <laughs> and you're not paying attention to this sort of thing, you can, like, see Charmaine Bioza and think, like, oh, what a badass. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was a Navy SEAL? Yeah, let's cheer for her. Yeah. But when I read things like this, I think she's on that, like, high security ship for a heckin' reason. Yeah, she yeah. was a real terrorist. She was a real, real... And they say, like, she was the most wanted person in the country. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like, and I think, I think that the show by doing and adding in little Easter eggs like that is actually kind of making itself more inherently political than we really thought it would. Mm -hmm. Because you can see, she talked about having like a dictatorship about government and you can kind of see like, if we were in the darkest timeline, how that would kind of happen. Like here in 2018, you can see how the world could head that way. So I think like the show is making statements like that without really having to overtly do it. Mm -hmm. But I think it is very much like saying, like, here, you can take away the core of all values and this is what you're left with. And that's how, like, you know, Cadogan's whole thing happened and he could start a cult and people would believe in his cult because by that time the world was already falling apart. Well, that's the thing is it's just like now that so many terrible things are happening in our world, you have to think. Like, every time something, another thing happens here, you think this is their past. Like, this is something that... Yeah, this is what they've already lived through. Yeah. So, like, like, everything that happens to us just keeps piling on and piling on and piling on for them. Like, if she's an adult in 2041... And say she's, you know, in her late 30s, early 40s, maybe? Then she's just a little bit younger than us. Let's see. Let me try and do this math. Well, if it was in 2041, and we'll call her 41 just for now. Like, I don't don't know if she's that... She's that old. I, I she can't. is. Okay, so um, Ivana is 44. Okay. And she was born... You'd, you'd think I could do that math, but I super can't. Okay, so, so go to your... Um, that's what I'm doing. Put in 2041 minus 44. We don't really have to do that math. That's 1997. 1997. That's yeah. two years younger than me. So she's a millennial. She... Oh my god. <laughs> She's a, she's a, my sister is one year older than her. Or no, my sister is one year younger Is than she her. millennial or is she Gen X? No. Or Gen sister, Z. She was born in 1997. My sister was born in 1998. So my sister is one year younger than her and she's two years older than me. Is your sister no, a millennial? What? My sister, huh? My sister's a millennial, yes. Early yeah. 2000s is any birth years. Yeah, so Dioza is a millennial. She's one year older than my sister and she's two years younger than me. That means, like, so she's she's very much, you can see how she got there if she lived in our world. Because you look around and you go, oh, holy shit. I could have gone to high school with her. Yeah. I can't because I'm old as crap. Um, um, but, like, I don't know. I'm Now that we've done this math, my, my, my mind is blown. Yeah. Like, we could have gone to high school together. And that also makes me think of, like, yeah. The people that you know when you're younger can grow up to do terrible things. And you can kind of see where Zeke got his ideals from, too, because he would be Gen Z. Yeah. Because he's, he's a little bit younger. So that he, makes he a lot of sense. He was born in the 2000s. Like, yeah. See, we see people who were born past 2000 as, like, so young, but, like, really, they're turning 18. 18. Yeah. Oh, I bet they really know all about memes. 
Oh my god, I'm just waiting for them to reference me. Someone, just like one meme. Just give me a, just a one meme. My thing, though, is that, like, if, if Charmaine references a meme from now, it'd be, like, a meme from when she was, like, 20, when she was, like, 20. Yeah. And that would make perfect sense. 20-year-olds make great memes. But, like, she's now 44, and she's just like, hey, guys. Road work ahead. Road work ahead. <laughs> Dude, this is all I've ever wanted. Her to, like, you know, there's, like, you see, like, this old-ass freaking construction sign or, like, something, and she goes, Perry McCreary. <laughs> Road, Road work ahead. ahead. <laughs> McCreary turns and goes, I sure hope it does. Zeke and Raven messaging each other, and Raven's up in space, and Zeke's on the ground, and he just sends her brackets, hacker voice, I'm in! <laughs> Raven's like, what does this mean? <laughs> well, I've, like, never been happier. Like, I <laughs> like, memes. I just get that I want memes. somebody to like get the good the good stuff to like bump into McCreary and McCreary just goes oh I almost dropped my croissant <laughs> dude dude they go up to space to see Raven and Murphy and they just go oh, God they were roommates <laughs> no it's when they meet Raven and Amori <gasps> oh my God and we were roommates oh God they were roommates. Oh, anyway, we can't reference every meme right now. Oh, but I could try. Um, anyway, I I genuinely enjoyed that conversation yeah. a lot. Yeah. What? Oh, God. Imagine them introducing memes to Kane. To Kane? <laughs> He'd be a Facebook dad immediately. Oh, my God. My dad is such a Facebook dad My right mom's now. a Facebook mom. Wait, right, right now? Why? Because, like, he's, he's, like... First of all, he shares these ridiculous things like all Facebook dads do. Yeah. And then we will go to family dinner and he'll be like, did you guys see that thing on Facebook where it was like this? And literally everybody laughed except for me and Callie because it's literally not funny. Or you literally saw it a month ago when yeah. it was still fresh. Yeah. Yeah. My but mom like, my mom was up. Yeah. But it's like things like, share if you used an outhouse. <laughs> and I'm like, cool, dad. Cool. Murphy just sends that to Raven unprompted. <laughs> I feel like Murphy is like the epitome of those memes that are like, oh, here's a dumpster, my home. Oh, yeah. Like, you if know? you need me, I'll be in here. And yeah. it's like him climbing into the trash. Mm-hmm. He's little King Trashmouth for a reason. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They come from a time when Bob's Burgers was a thing. Charmaine Tio's watched Bob's Burgers, and I know this. No, she would never watch Bob's Burgers and then still do all those horrible things, because she could destroy a world where Bob's Burgers existed. Zeke Shaw definitely watched Bob's Burgers. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Because he'd be like... McCreary was a big fan of Rick and Morty. (laughs) (laughs) You think that, like... McCreary really connected with Breaking Bad. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, I just think Walter White's an (laughs) anti-hero. I just broke myself a little bit. He's like, yeah, I think Don Draper was a really sympathetic character. McCreary McCreary voted for Trump. (laughs) Yeah. So Bellamy picks up the radio and he's like, just so you know, like, all of those evil people can super hear what you're saying. So, like, you know, don't say anything dumb. And Murphy literally goes, hello, we are chill people. We are not here to hurt you. Um, anything you would say to, like, a puppy who's scared of you? Yeah. He's like, um, we definitely don't have all of your people hostage, but also we're good, we're good, we're good, and everyone's like, shut up. And I'm like, I get it. You gotta check, you gotta make sure. And so he's like, listen, if anything happens, pull the plug. Anything. You, you feel, you feel a little queasy that day? Do it. Just do it. Who cares? <laughs> um, and so they're like, oh, also, Clark says hi. Mm. And so Clark's like, hello. This is so much better than the radio conversation they had at in 401 mm-hmm. like where it was like 
oh, you guys are alive? Well, we're not really going to talk about that because we have to get down to business. The mm-hmm. plot is waiting. And I'm like, the plot can wait, actually. Mm-hmm. Let's have this nice emotional reunion that makes us connect deeper to these characters. Yeah. And so Murphy's saying, wow, they say I live under literally everything. Remember that one time when they were talking about cockroaches and so I went onto the cockroach Wikipedia page and it was terrible? Yeah, that was your worst decision. You yeah. were like, hey, someone mentioned cockroaches, so I'm going to Google cockroaches. I was like, why would you do that? Yeah. That was a mistake. Well, the lesson here is not to Google anything. Okay. Anything. No. no. Don't, don't be don't be informed. I literally Google everything. Yeah. So Raven's like, by the way, thank you for saving our lives. That's nice. I like that they remembered that like Raven actually like really got close to Clark. Mm-hmm. And they cut like she and Bellamy and Raven are like a, kind of like a leadership unit. Mm-hmm. And they kinda like forgot about that for a while. Yeah. But like hashtag princess mechanic. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much. Yeah. Clark says she misses him. Both of them. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that? Oh, well, good. Every time I get Clark or whatever, and they talk about how, like, she and Murphy are friends, I'm just reminded of, like, season three, when Murphy was, like, oh, yeah, with her when Lexa died. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, like, like, let my friend go, or, like, this is my friend, please let me and my friend go. Yeah. she said. And... I was like, this is so nice, oh my god. And then I think Richard, like, came out and said, like, I don't think Murphy would like that very much. Really? Um, yeah, like, that, that sticks with me, that he that he always said, like, I don't, like, Murphy would not be down for that. And, like, especially thinking about the terms that they almost ended on, where, like, Murphy had that, like, yelling fight at Clark when she was yeah. in the morning and stuff. And, like, I know it's been six years and they've, like, stopped, kind of. You know, I mean, obviously he, yeah. he's had the time to, like, forgive her. Because she was, he thought she was dead. And, like, saving their lives and everything. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm just always reminded of that stuff in, this moment, in these moments. And I kind of wish that, like, they'd address more of, like, Murphy's anger at Clark. Mm. And his anger at Abby. Mm. Because I think we got a little bit of it in 412 with, like, Murphy's attitude towards Abby. But then, like, Abby was even, like, we'll try and save him And I'm like... Is no one going to try and help Murphy out after traumatizing both of them so badly? And, like, once again, I have Murphy goggles, so I know that they can't be like, let's dedicate a whole conversation to just fucking Murphy, really, because most people are like, and? I don't know. I think I think that'd be great, because I feel like a conversation with Clark and Murphy would be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be, like, a really deep conversation, but you know Murphy would mess around the whole time, too. Yeah. No. So they're playing soccer. Now, oh, no, wait, oh, they're not playing soccer yet. Murphy found a soccer ball. But I have an important question. Uh-huh. Now, do they call it soccer in space, or do they call it football? Hmm. Since they're, like, generally from America, and the arc kind of took on a lot of American traditions because the writers are American and mm-hmm. such, that's, that makes me think that they would probably use the word soccer. All right, fair enough. Okay. Even if I don't agree and I don't like it. Okay. Yeah. Do you... This is a question for our across the pond listeners, and you might know this already, but, like, they call it football, and then they call it American football? Mm-hmm. It's not like they call it handball. You thought they called it handball. No, I didn't. I thought they called it American football. I just think it's a mouthful. Anyway, he finds a soccer ball, and she doesn't want to have fun, and then he talks about the genocide that he's committing. <laughs> he's like, are you having fun yet? I am funny yet. And so he's like, which psycho are we going to study today? And she's like, no. And then we learn some things about the previous Allegis missions. So Allegis 1 was an explorer ship and it was unmanned. So that's kind of like curiosity. Yeah. Allegis 2 was manned. What? 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 She just did a, she just had a moment, an epiphany. Whoever founded Allegis is the Elon Musk of people. <laughs> They're like, hey, 
Space travel's privatized now. Let's do some stupid stuff. And they were like, yeah, let's send prisoners to an asteroid to do all their mining for us. But we don't have to do it. We don't have to pay for it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that sounds like Elon Musk. Um, and then, so yeah, two had people on it. Yes. Not and enough people. Not enough. enough people. What happened to those people? Like, did they get there and go, oh, there's not enough of us. And then they just turn around and go back? This is so stupid because it's such a theme that it's just like, too many people, too many people, too many people. Not enough people. But, like, my whole question is, if there were not enough people, did we just die there? Well, that's the, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, they mined Proxima 6 for, um, Hippolodium. Yeah. But they couldn't get it out. There weren't enough people. So did they come back? Or yeah. Did they... Or did they go, oh, all right, send the ship back, but... I mean, obviously we're thinking too far into this, and the writers are probably like, uh, who cares? Right, we don't know, we don't care. The point is but that there's been four. It's a big question. Um, oh, I see. Okay, so for Allegis 2, it was just, like, regular crew and miners. Yeah, like and actual then, people who signed up to go. And then for four, they started using actual prisoners. Yeah. And three is encrypted. So all we know about three is what Zeke, which we know probably his yeah, name, until otherwise, um, said, which is the thing about two sons and how they had the night blood. And that something went catastrophically wrong with mm-hmm. them to the point where it had to be encrypted, which means like there was some kind of like mass death or they all killed each other or the night blood messed them up because it was like an early version of like Becca's first night blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and she only succeeded with night blood when she did it to herself. Because then she was able to take the flame. Right. But they said that she had originally developed it for long-duration space missions so that people could survive radiation exposure. Mm-hmm. So whatever happened to Allegis 3 probably has something to do with the Nightblood. Sorry, so you said that she gave herself Nightblood before or after she gave it to Allegis 3? After. So maybe something happened with Allegis 3 that went wrong and that helped her develop it better because like for all we know they were probably her test subjects mm-hmm. and then they decided Which could be order 11 yeah that could like absolutely be order, yeah it could be absolutely order 11 was that either they were all to be injected with the night blood and be her test subjects or they were gonna die right i can't remember exactly what it said on the, on the computer but it was like for Allegis 4, it said, like, use prisoners, right? Yeah. So, like, did Allegis 3 use prisoners or no? I think maybe. Mm-hmm. I think this was, like, a new... But if they used prisoners, you'd think Dioza would have made the cut the first... No, maybe they wouldn't. Maybe the prisoners the fir- for the first cut were, like, more, like, lower tier. Mm-hmm. And then they decided, you know, if people are really kind of guaranteed to gu- die, send the worst to the worst. Right. And so they sent those guys. I don't know. Just... I guess my thing is it's just, like, if... If they used prisoners for Allegis 3, why mention that they used prisoners in, on 4? Okay, then yeah, they did. They definitely, yeah, they definitely did then. They were like, we can't have people sign up for this, and they're probably going to do science experiments anyway, mm-hmm. so let's do it on people we don't consider human. Right. Which is a gigantic flaw of the justice system. <laughs> Thanks so much. It's okay. Um, so they're trying to hack back into it. Shaw is. Hacker place. I'm in. I'm in. And so Murphy's like, okay, well, that's what Bellamy said. Like, pull the plug. Let's go. And she's like, no, I can do it. Let me do it. And I'm like, like, I know that this is, like, obviously a good call that she makes mm-hmm. here. But the, the rule following me is like, what did he tell you to do? Do the thing. You know, what has Raven ever done anything that anyone told her to do ever? No, I know. And I'm not Raven, and I know that. Yeah. But that's fair. That's also, like I've said before, that's the reason why I had a hard time watching Amy on Doctor Who. And I know that people love Amy. I love Amy Pond. But like Maybe the doctor says, doctor says, 
stay here. And she does not. I'm like, what are you doing? The whole point of the companions is when he says stay here, they don't stay. I know, but she did it more. <laughs> Rose did it the most. Wait, no, Rose always went with the doctor places. Ooh. What? Yeah. Well, the doctor said, come on, Rose, let's go. And so saying, hey, stay here. Okay, people, okay, a brief list of people who never listen to the doctor. His wife. Yeah. River Song. Mm-hmm. Amy Pond. Yeah. Michael Jones. Yeah. Sarah Jane. Uh-huh. Every other companion he's ever had. The only person who ever really listened was Rory. That's why I love Rory. <laughs> Rory was my favorite. And somehow, that combination of people created River Song. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Um, spoilers. <laughs> oh, yeah, Doctor Who spoilers from, like, seven years ago. Yeah. So she's like, okay, Murphy, go play with your ball, and I'll do whatever. Like, I'll do everything. Which is I mean, exactly, fair. Exactly what, like, everyone's been saying. They're saying, like, we're all working towards stuff, and you're doing what the heck ever. And it's like, I think it's because Murphy didn't have any hard decisions to make. Mm-hmm. He didn't have any life or, de- life or death situations. Like, I absolutely see why Murphy feels the way he does, while at the same time going, dude, you could have looked at her and said, how could I help? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And if she was rude, then it would have been totally valid of him to go, okay, bye. Yeah. I'm really going to go play soccer. I'm going to go watch TV. There's a, I have, like, a hundred years worth of YouTube to catch up on. <laughs> so, but, like, that reminds me of when Amori was like, oh, I can do this by myself. And he was like, okay, well, do you want me to help? And she's like, no, I hate you. Get out. And he's like, okay, I hate you too. Bye. So it's like, he's done something to prove to them that, like, that response is what they should give him. And, like, we can't expect too much from him, <laughs> because, yeah. like... <laughs> the bar is so low for Smurfo. He's literally like, I stayed behind to help you with this, just so you wouldn't be alone. And that's my good deed for the millennium. <laughs> like, You know what? That was a nice deed. Yeah. Yeah. He did a good job there. Mm-hmm. Also, he went back for Monty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah. He sure did. And, um... Yeah, me trying, me trying to think of things Murphy. That's okay. That's that's enough. For oh, him. oh, he helped um Abby pump Amori's heart to save Clark. Mm-hmm. He's an okay guy. Yeah, he does his. Yeah, he's <laughs> a, he, he does about as much as he's capable of, or a little less. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's why we love him. <laughs> so um, Raven's just kind of like walking through the cryopod place, and Murphy is taking a nap in one. Mood, and he's like, "Oh hey, it was empty." So he's such an edge lord. He's like, oh, "You know what I'm gonna do to show her what's what? I'm gonna take a nap in here, and if she shows up, I'm gonna scare her. And if she doesn't, I, t- I got I a took, great nap. I took a nap. Yeah. Um, it's funny because she's like, "I'm gonna do as much work as I can possibly do. You go do whatever." And he's like, "I'll do the exact least amount <laughs> I can do. I'll take a nap. I will make myself unconscious." <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's like, why are you so worried about this? Like, you said it was impossible. And she's like, okay, well, it wasn't. I've literally lied to so many people in the past two episodes. So, like, why do you expect me to? Yeah, you expect Raven to start telling the truth now? Raven always lies for the greater good. Mm -hmm. And so she's, like, worried that she might have to kill them and that she won't be able to. And he's like, I will do it. That, like, I, that is the reason why I actually stayed. Like, I thought it was to impress Amori, which I already have a point about why that's not impressive. (laughs) Why do you think that's not impressive? Well, like, if you if you you're doing it to impress Amori, mm-hmm. if I put myself in Amori's shoes, I have just said, take Peck and Murphy, I don't give a crap. And Murphy goes, Okay, well, I guess I'll just go on this this thing. I'm not impressed. I'm thinking, did I just force this man to die on this spaceship? Yeah. Or or cool, I made him leave, or like, okay, bye. And Murphy's like, 
That, that's such a great commentary on what, how Murphy thinks, though, because he's like, mm. I look like a hero right now. And I'm always like, you look like an idiot right now. Like, yeah. In my brain, I cannot possibly think of how Imori would find that impressive. Especially because, like, in Amori's like, understanding, mm-hmm. they have a way down. Yeah. So Amori's like, bye, see ya. Especially after he was just like, it's not a survival's move to be in here with Amori. Yeah, like, I, she's I like, just, frick you. Yeah, yeah basically. So, <laughs> that says so much about Murphy that he's like, this is a really heroic thing that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And he only thought it was heroic after he found out that they wouldn't get yeah. back down. God bless his absolutely clueless... <laughs> How the hell did she stay with him for five and a half years before they broke up? Amori is the patience of a saint. Well, that's another thing. Is it's just like maybe if they had, if like she had been, if they had still been together or something, and then he would have been like, you know what, I'll stay on being here. She'd be like, oh, but also they're both Slytherin, so she'd be like, what are you doing? Um, they're both Slytherin, so she would be like, no, you're not. Yeah. You are the one person I am loyal to, except for these other five people. Especially because Six like. People? They're in a fight. Harper, I'm sorry! <laughs> so, now they're playing soccer. Thoughts? I think that um, these light moments like this make the dark ones so much more satisfying. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, okay, I get this one moment of levity and of purity. I get to connect with these characters and see them connect with each other. So now I have the emotional capacity to deal with the bad stuff. Because if it's relentless grim dark, you just check out. Mm-hmm. But if you remind people why they love those characters so much, it makes them more emotionally invested. Are you ready? For if anyone's doing the aficionados drinking game, get ready to take a shot because Robin is going to talk about lots. Oh my god, you don't have to do a shot, just chug the whole damn thing. Clink, clink. I think I'm funny. You can't clink a can, you silly. Okay, Okay, talk about lost. This is a thing that we've literally brought up on our lost podcast is about like something that's really great about lost is that. Although the show is, like, mystery, drama, there are so many, like, Character moments, yeah. Funny, like, lovely character moments. Like, we brought up on this show, like, this is the reason why I like the- a lot of the reasons why I like this show is because it's so similar to Lost, Mm -hmm. and I know what I like, and it's Lost. And so- (laughs) Boy, you are gonna love Battlestar. (laughs) So- you know, we say things like, you pick two characters on this show, you put them together, and, like, what a cool dynamic, see what mm-hmm. happens. That's what Lost was like. Yeah. You know, things, like, are very Unless dark. it involved Jack. Unless it involved Jack, in which case we don't care. No. But, um, you know, things were very dark a lot of the time, and, like, scary things were happening, but then you put Hurley and Jin together, and they had oh. shenanigans. And it was, like, a moment of purity where, like, oh, I get an emotional break. Or, like, ridiculous things are happening in season three, but then you have a moment with Jin and Sawyer, like, where Sawyer's trying to teach Jin English, mm-hmm. and, se- and trying to get Jin to learn how to say, you don't look fat in those pants. Like, <laughs> like that's all I ever asked for. But, like, stuff like that, like, you can pull examples, like, out of thin air. Like, mm-hmm. you have that whole catalog, mm-hmm. and it's because Lost had a lot of those moments. Try and pull those from the hundred. Exactly. There's, that's why I'm saying this is so, I love this yeah, so much. Party in the Rover. Mm-hmm. Pranking Clark and Jaha. Yep. This. This. Um, but, like, I feel like this season has had more of them. Like, more emotional moments between the characters. Like, Nyla with the book and Octavia mm-hmm. and teasing her about the book. Or, right. you know, Clark and Maddie dyeing each other's hair. Mm-hmm. Like, little tiny moments that are so sweet. Or, like, like the negotiation over who cooks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, those moments like this, there's the, the lightness makes the darkness so much deeper and richer. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, I love these moments so much. Mm-hmm. I think that 
they've show finally found a good balance with them. Yeah. Where like you can give us these things and then you can go to like the emotional extreme. So like you can have people being super murdered. Mm-hmm. You can have Kane and Abby and their like really heartbreaking relationship. And then you can have these idiots playing soccer and it all exists beautifully together. Yeah. I love it. Um Murphy talks about how he's winning at soccer and how the ugly one-legged goalie is doing a poor job. I feel like Murphy's the only one who is ever allowed to make those the jokes. The only one. Like, no one else can make those jokes. Ever. Well, maybe Echo. Maybe. But I feel like it's, in my head, Echo and Raven are best friends. Mm-hmm. Slash secret girlfriends. Right. Yeah, and it's hashtag Recco. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Recco. Recco! Like what does it cor- sound like? It sounds like a corrosive material. That would make sense. Like, Pour this on your sidewalk. <laughs> it's Recco. Soresto, Soresto, Soresto. Soresto, Soresto, Soresto. This is not sponsored. Not sponsored. Just very <laughs> irritated by that stupid commercial. So Murphy gets a goal. Yay. Yay. Then, not so yay. Because bad things start happening. But also, shout out to Raven for being able to run and play on that leg. She said six mm-hmm. years to train her leg up. Mm-hmm. She's so good. She's so good. And so... You know, bad things start happening, and so Murphy's like, okay, well, do we have time to get into cryostasis? And she's like, yes, totally. How? Like, I feel like it's pretty obvious that there has to be a sacrificial lamb mm. every single time, and there that's probably going to come back at the end of this season. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah. There's got to be somebody to press the button. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it was Jaha at season one. Mm-hmm. So there is no Jaha. There is no Jaha to do it again. <laughs> so she's like, pull the lever, Kronk, and of course it's a lever. Wrong lever! Why do we even have that lever? Why do we even have that lever? It's always a lever. It's a- Yeah, and it's like, honestly, stylistically, why would it be a lever? You should just be tapping on a screen. Mm-hmm. Well, it's 2041. I think levers are very, very important in this show and it's like all the way it's a lever i wonder if people who just watch this show casually notice that it's just, that it's always I feel a like, lever i feel like they throw like jokes in like that like i feel like the lever thing was like a deliberate joke mm. they were like let's do the lever thing again because we didn't have it at the end of season four yeah, it literally can't be anything but a lever yeah and so he's like listen okay but if we kill everybody we're still gonna die and I'm a, I'm a cockroach, so I'm not about that life. No. I'm about that not life. And so they wake up- Horrible. Sorry, it's so your sorry. worst joke. I know. So they wake up all the dudes, and it's just kind of like, yikes. Um, I have you know there were girls in there. Really? Yeah, didn't you see them? No. Equal opportunity gender on this mission? I support it. Yeah. I wish I'd seen um their tattoo- She's leaning towards the mic. Why is she leaning towards the mic? I don't know. Son of a bitch! I said bitch! Sorry, continue. Oh, um, I didn't see any of the tattoos, but um, I'm kind of starting to wonder if the tattoos are kind of overkill. Mm. They all seem to have tattoos. Mm. What are y'all trying to say about tattoos? I'm saying that people in prison often have tattoos. But also, so do most people. Yeah. I mean, all the grounders have tattoos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a tattoo. Me too. You have like four. They're all small, though. Mine was going to be small, but I got mm. swindled. Yeah, this is a story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's a story for another time, except never, because it's not that interesting. No. A sto- You're not supposed to agree. No, the, the, it's a refreshing honesty. I appreciate it. Yeah. It was supposed to be smaller, but then the guy was like, let's make it bigger so that he could get more money out of Brittany. The end. She, she went with it. She fell for it. So uh, another thing, like just quickly putting in like kind of what happens on the ground here is that um, Zeke uses the phrase your people instead of our people. So he's putting himself in a different already and so she's like okay well i guess close the doors then so 
They close the doors. And she calls Raven your friend. You can tell that she knows, like, he already admires her. Yeah. Like, she's no dummy. She was a Navy SEAL. She's highly decorated. Mm-hmm. She, like, she was trained to read people. Yeah. She's looking, looking at him going, mm, this is gonna be a problem. Yeah. Like, another thing is it's just, like, Zeke's gonna be like, wow, Raven's really cool. And they're gonna get up to his face and he's gonna be like, wow, Raven's a babe. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> yeah. And Raven's gonna be like, oh, are you? <laughs> no, she's gonna be like, oh, crap, he's cute. Yeah. Now we would like to talk to you a little bit about our Patreon. We've heard about this already. Yes, but we are back because we need your help. Oh my god, who said that? (laughs) Who is that? Who's that peanut gallery? (laughs) So we have a Patreon, and if you don't stay until the outro, you may not be aware. But basically what a Patreon is, is it's a service um, that helps people... uh, give a monthly donation to some of their favorite creators to help them keep creating. So if you enjoy what we do here, please consider donating. Uh, The lowest one is a dollar a month, and genuinely, it helps out so much. Everything that we make goes straight back into the podcast. So if you uh, donate to us already, and if you're considering donate, thank you. Plus, if you do it, we send you presents. Yes, we send you presents every November 16th, which is our anniversary of... It was the anniversary of us creating our podcast network. Podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we send postcards to all of our Patreon sponsors. So if you were already a Patreon sponsor, you got one from last year. And so I bet you're real pumped about it. <laughs> all right, we've got some important things to happen. Oh, cool. The cabbie kind. <laughs> so let's go down to the bunker. Oh, but we're going to die down Really? No, I would be very afraid to break any rule. Oh, fully. I would, I would make it out without my soul for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Kane is fighting, and he has a ponytail, so... What's up, Desmond? Desmond's back. Desmond Hume. Who's confused? Raise your hand. <laughs> he aged like fine wine. Desmond I don't Hume, even like wine. Desmond Hume was the character that Ian played on Lost. Uh, genuinely, like, known as the best character on the show. Slash one of the best characters of all time. Yeah. Yeah. He's great, and he's uh, great in it. Yeah. And, um... I really feel like they were like, what should Ian wear this season? And Jason, or whoever, was just like, let's bring back Desmond. I feel like Henry Cusick was like, yeah, I'm growing my hair out, guys. Like, I'm, I'm growing my hair out. This yeah. is just how it's going. I don't feel like cutting it. He's like, hi, I'm, I miss the long hair. Let's go back. I'm, bring, I'm bringing the long hair back. Yeah. And so Octavia's watching, and they have four combatants. Were there only four? That's what they said. Okay. Four combatants, and the whole thing is be the last. And they pray and they say, all of me for all of us. Thoughts? Stop, yeah. Like, I like that there's a certain rituality to it mm-hmm. and that they've kind of, like, imbued it with um, some religious meaning. And I think that's probably all to Gaia. Like, and that Octavia very clearly drank that tea. Mm. So that's interesting to me. I think there's more of Gaia's influence here than we know of yet. I don't think Gaia is solely responsible for anything. I think Octavia, like, absolute power corrupts absolutely, which is what I said yesterday. But I think Gaia did sort of thread that needle a little bit. And I also think it's interesting that, like, even the people who we are supposed to know and, like, be our everyman and, like, you know, we have those characters who are supposed to be us. Mm-hmm. People like Jackson and people like Miller. Miller, yeah. And even they are doing this? Mm-hmm. That's when it's like, whoa, this is a serious thing. Like, they've all been trapped underground with each other and no one else for six years. You kind of have to buy in or will you, 
will you even make it out mentally? And I think that's like part of why Abby winds up the way she does is because you can see Abby doesn't buy into any of that. And Kane is kind of coming out of his like stupor and looking around and going, guys, what the hell did we do? And I think that's like, you either cope or you don't. And so everyone decided to cope by doing this. That's really messed up. And so Kane picks up a shield. You have thoughts on this as well. I think Kane is Captain America. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, though people were frozen in this episode. Um, I think it's really telling of, like, Kane's whole philosophy is that the first thing he picked up was a shield of defense instead of offense. Mm -hmm. Um, because he used to be the person who executed people, but Kane hasn't killed anyone, you know, for him for six years. The last As far as we know. Yeah, as far as, well, I mean, if he had killed someone before, he'd been in the ring before, we'd know about it. Yeah, he'd probably be less weird about it. Yeah, um... And, like, Kane's whole arc has been him becoming a man of peace and, like, deciding to change his entire moral outlook on how we view or he views life and death. Mm -hmm. So putting him in a ring where he's forced to become the person he used to be, which is the person that Octavia is now, which is someone who can justify murder in order to serve the greater good, that's, like, heartbreaking. So the first thing he does is pick up a shield and he's like, if, if I don't have to hurt anyone, I can save part of my soul and Octavia's. Right. And of course, Kane is not the guy, it, you know, it's similar to the way Octavia won her conclave. Is It's like, yeah, don't kill anybody until you have to. And so of course he mm -hmm. only has to kill the last dude and unfortunately he does it in literally the most brutal way possible oh my god yeah like i feel like once the death happens something snaps inside of him mm -hmm. that's like probably been laying in wait since the dark year and he just kind of like loses his mind yeah and then he like kind of looks around and goes holy crap what have we done and then he's like okay i, I need to make a stand because if this happened to me, imagine what this has done to everyone else. I would have liked more time for that um, transition. Me too. Because I was a little bit like, what's going on? I think if we had the backstory of what happened during the dark year, this would make more sense. Right. Um, because as it is, you can let him go, okay, that's a little bit jarring. Like, you can see how he gets there, but you kind of want just, like, five minutes more mm -hmm. of, like, him really reckoning with what happened. I don't know. Um, Jackson shows up and he says, where's Abby? Again, that's his thing. Where's Abby? Abby count? One. One. Where's Abby count? Where's Abby count? <laughs> and so we see Abby and she is, has been locked up by Indra on Kane's request. And she's saying that it was him. It was her who stole the medicine. And this is the exact reason why Murphy's dad was floated. Mm -hmm. Um, and also... I just wanted to say, and I know you don't, we hate bringing up Finn. <laughs> but, like, him taking the blame for something she did is very Space Walker. It's so Space Walker. Um, I really loved that episode. <laughs> I know. Space Walker was, I think, one of the best episodes the show's ever done. I thought, I always thought it was a really good episode. Yeah. I, I cry. I still cry. I think that was my first live episode that I saw was Space well, Walker. It was either Space Walker or Remember Me. One of those two. And those were both really strong episodes. Yeah. Um. But the thing Sorry that I... Sorry about all the crime. Yes. <laughs> Listen, that's just how it is here. Yeah. Um, the thing that I really liked about this, though, is that it was... It shows the development of Kane and Abby's relationship really quickly. Mm -hmm. Like, it does very efficiently set up. This is someone who, in the pilot, was prepared to execute her for stealing medicine to keep Jaha alive to mm. someone who is willing to die for her because she's done the same thing. Right, like, I bring up Alex Murphy because mm -hmm. I have Murphy goggles, but, like, that's literally, like, Abby has done this before. Mm -hmm. It's just instead of doing it for other people, she's doing it for herself. 
So he kills him in a super brutal way, and then he loses the crowd because he shows weakness, which we talk about a little bit later. Um, and so Guy is like, you, this is the reason why you were sentenced here, did he earn his freedom? So it's interesting to me that, like, last episode or, like, the episode before or whatever, when the guy was like, yay, I won. Yeah, we couldn't figure out why. That guy never went, like, did he earn his freedom or whatever calm whatever crew. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or I guess long crew. Yeah. This is what you did. Did he earn his freedom? Instead, she just goes, yeah, you're good. Yeah. Get out of here. Um, And she's like, no, he didn't earn it. Yeah, fight. He gets to fight again tomorrow. Yeah. So... We're going to talk a little bit more about um, when he fights tomorrow, about the guy who's in there. Um, do you, you had some theories about where these people are coming from. Yeah, the thing that I thought was, like, I, I had to, like, really think about it for a bit, and then the show kind of gave us the answer later, um, which is I think they have, they do have a prison system, but it's just a holding pattern until you get your death sentence. So I think that they threw those four in jail and they only put four or five in the ring at a time so that they don't run out of players because they need to keep the crowds entertained. Right. And then the next day, like there was only, you know, one left and stuff because Indra thought that by winning Kane would earn his freedom and he didn't. Um, So there was only one fighter for him to fight or she just decided, you know, she convinced Octavia to only fight one. But definitely they have a prison system where they hold them. The reason why I think that um, there wasn't just one option is because Indra says, I put him in with a weaker opponent this time. Yeah. Which, how rude. (laughs) That guy seemed like he would do a good job. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that, like, Indra has enough influence to be able to, like, orchestrate things like that. Do you want to talk about how you thought um, that some of them may have volunteered? Well, I thought that perhaps some of the stronger warriors, like, in order to, like, gain glory, would um, volunteer themselves to go into the pit and fight to the death. And I think to them, that would earn them uh, Blood Reina's respect. Mm -hmm. So, like, if they're willing to die for her and for her entertainment, then she will, like, lead them and respect them the most. Which I think could be part of, like, her little army that she has. And first of all, like, this is very reminiscent of the careers in the Hunger Games, which I think I brought up before. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't read Hunger Games, careers are the kids from Districts 1 and 2 who volunteer Privileged to go... Districts, yeah. Yeah, to volunteer to go into the Hunger Games just so that they can bring glory to their district. Yeah, they make sport of life or death, basically. I mean, it's dope to be in District 1 or 2, because if you get called for the Hunger Games, you're like, someone take over Yeah, me. who wants my spot? Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Um, but also, I'm still really interested in how Octavia got to this point. Like, what, you know, I know that to some of the grounders, it might be like, yes, killing all those people was enough mm-hmm. to gain all my respect. Yes, you are a new god. Mm-hmm. But, like, to the Sky Crew people, people like Kara, what happened for her to get to this point? It's been six years and I understand that, but, like, what? I think for Kara, she respects Octavia because Octavia played by fair rules. Mm. Octavia, it wasn't like on the arc where you were not given a choice. It was, you committed a crime, you died. There was no, like, in-between. Yeah. Unless unless, unless you're, you're Abby. Or a teen. Yeah. Um, so, by giving Kara the choice to fight for her own freedom... I think that's all Kara ever really wanted. Mm. So 
and at some point that morphed into Octavia got into her head that she will lose the respect of them if she also doesn't entertain them. So like the, the, the idea that she had that more didn't morally make sense, but logically made sense all of a sudden becomes a sport. And we know that Kara is still alive, so either she never committed a crime again, or she volunteered slash yeah. committed a crime to get back in the pit just to win again. Yeah, I think that she definitely... I think she never committed a crime again because she became, like, one of Blood Reina's, like, soldiers. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right. So the singer from season three is back she she lived they thought she is very important to yeah have. when indra was picking the hundred like to live she was like we got to take her yeah because we're gonna need music like, and really was, kara made the same decision with the guitar player so like was that what it was or did she show up and she's just like hey guys crazy about this whole thing right need some music right yeah i mean that's important I like, I, I kind of get it. Yeah. I, like, honestly, I do. Um, my next note is, Kane, sad. What's a coincidence? I am also sad? Yeah. Yeah. And so Octavia comes in and she's saying, yeah, you lost the crowd and you showed weakness, which I have thoughts on. Stupid rule. That's not, that's unfair. Very stupid rule. And also, I think that, you know, Lexa has said before, love is weakness, mm-hmm. which, I mean, we disagree. Yeah. But like, that seems to be like one of the grounder things that they all kind of agree upon Mm -hmm. and Octavia getting in the middle and like being one of the people in the middle that can show no weakness Mm -hmm. because she has to have the crowd and stuff. When Bellamy comes down, she lets herself show weakness weakness because love is weakness or whatever. And like clearly somebody still jumps in front of a heckin sonic gun to save her. But like, will this be a shift? I think that Octavia has become so untouchable that they will allow her that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the love is weakness thing, Octavia definitely has adopted, um, which is why, like, she could bring herself to behead Kane, Mm -hmm. which is what I fully believe she was about to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's, like, it's one of those things where Octavia is, like, an icon. She's, She's, like, a rock star. And so she's allowed to do things that other people have it, which means she's elevated herself above her people, which is the worst mistake anyone in power can make because your point is to serve your people. It's not for the people to serve you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that Bellamy will play a huge role in that, but I think it'll be more that he challenges her power. I just feel like Octavia's arc is very much what Lex's was. And then... Like, we saw the whole love is weakness thing doesn't, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like, if you shut yourself off from everyone, ooh, you become a shell of a person. I just think that when you see people who are so stoic, mm-hmm. like, for six years, they're, like, so stoic, such a huge, like, figure, mm-hmm. seeing them literally in the middle of a stage yeah, be genuine and, like, almost start crying yeah, is jarring. Very jarring. And... Like, that's another reason why people love watching, like, Soldier Coming Home videos, too. Yeah, because all the, it softens yeah. this image that you have of them. So, if anything, her connection with Bellamy might make them love her more. Yeah. Because yeah. she finally has, like, a slight, like, human side to her. Mm-hmm. And, like, but, like, do you want the people that you deify to, do you want to relate to them? Yeah. And that's probably going to be a big problem mm-hmm. for them. Octavian knows that Kane wasn't the one who stole the medicine, mm-hmm. and 
I think Octavia wants to kill Abby. And Octavia says that only the guilty should fight, which is the sentiment that Jaha had made mm-hmm. in 502, saying, like, they're going to go in and kill all of Sky, Sky, uh, Sky Crew, but only the guilty are the people who should be punished, yeah. which is what Octavia is continuing mm-hmm. to um, she, do. Yeah, she kept the core moral of it. Which is good because it's like, Sometimes when characters die off in shows, and even this show sometimes, we just immediately forget about them. But at least, you know, although they're not talking about Jaha, his sentiments are still here. Um, And so then they start talking about the dark year, which you are not allowed to talk about, which is the cannibalism year, we're assuming. I fully believe it's a cannibalism year. Um, And so Kane is saying that he will not fight. And then they're kind of talking about Aurora and how like she, like the amount of times that they're bringing up Aurora is nuts to me. Yeah, That's and amazing. I love that it's Kane doing it because Kane assumes such a like fatherly role to the Blakes, and like they both stand to remind him like you're the one who made us this way. Yeah, and I like that for once Kane kind of looked at him and went, "I played a role in your mother's death, mm-hmm. and I own that. Mm-hmm. But you can be better than I ever was." Yeah, and she chooses not to be. Hmm. And he says the quote, strength without mercy is nothing. I think it's it's absolutely very paralleled with Dioza's like thing about like dictators, which is I think what Octavia is at this point. Like Octavia's a dictator. And she's a dictator who has no human connection and won't show mercy to anyone. So like, you know, even Jaha showed mercy. Like Abby broke the law in the pilot. And she didn't get floated. Abby, like, got away with murder and didn't get floated because Jaha continued to show her mercy. And Jaha, like, you know, at that time was a beloved leader. And everyone, basically, every lesson that every leader learns on this show is that you have to have a heart or you can't rule at all. Lexa learned that lesson. Clark learned that lesson. Jaha learned that lesson. Kane learned that lesson. So the fact that, like, Octavia doesn't get this is kind of... But I mean, I guess, like, she was a teenager and very, very damaged in the first place. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of was talking about this last night with you, and I'm trying to remember what my thoughts were. You thought it was, um, it sounded like another quote. Yeah. Um, which is, um, that Jaha, one of them, I, one of them that I, it reminded me of was Jaha telling Kane that he had a strength unweakened by sentiment, which, you know, looking back was actually kind of like, an insult mm-hmm. because he was telling Kane that he was capable of doing anything because he didn't have a heart. Yeah. Which is a bad message. Yeah. Um, and then you thought it sounded like something that Lincoln said, maybe? Yeah. I'm trying to remember what it was, but like, I feel like the template of being like something without something mm-hmm. is something mm-hmm. um, that happens a lot in this show, but I put yeah. my finger on it. So if anyone knows, uh, please tweet it to us. Cause we'll talk about it next. Week. Yeah. Um, so Kane won't tell who is the one who, like, Octavia knows, mm-hmm. but she needs him to say. It's like, it's like a police interrogation. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know it was somebody else, or like, I know that you know, or yeah. like, I know you know who it was, but until you tell me, it's not like I can just go to their house and be like, I think you're arrested for murder, you know? Yeah, but Octavia's gonna punish him anyway, mm-hmm. because either way... Abby will suffer. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, like, Octavia would put Abby in that pit. Mm-hmm. And Abby can't fight. No. She's a, she's just like Jackson. She's not a fighter. She's a healer. Mm-hmm. So Literally. 
Octavia's whole motivation here is, I don't want Cain to die because Cain's taking the fall and that goes against my rules. Mm -hmm. I want Abby to die because Abby broke my rules. You want to kill one of your two doctors? Are you an idiot? Yeah. So Indra's helping and brings Cain to Abby and they have their little hug and um, shucks what we matched with a weaker opponent and Abby confesses to Indra and Indra's like, cool, bye. Indra's loyalty is not entirely to Octavia. That's yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. Kendra is still a thing. Yeah, I love that they have unwavering loyalty to each other yeah. because I think they both see Octavia as someone that they don't recognize mm -hmm. anymore. And they feel responsible for Abby it. Abby talks about how she can't function without the drugs anymore. And she's like, yeah, I should have locked it up, locked her up. You are smart. And so they're talking about how he has to win this time for you guys to continue to both be alive. Um, I love that because either way, like, Kane, Kane's, like, fighting is to keep Abby alive, which is the promise that he made when he saved her from dying at the beginning, which is... He said to her, I can't do this without you. Like, I cannot live without you. So either he'll die for her. Or he'll die before her. Exactly. Which is like, that was poetic. I know. I love that. Either he'll die for her or he'll die before her. Yeah, which is kind of unfair to Abby. But at the same time, like, Abby's the one who broke the rules. Like, Abby always what? gets it. I Stop it. I might. I'll you should. I think it's really I'm smart. Right. Do it now. Okay. I'm really, I'm really pleased with it. Robin had a very solid Gabby thought. Okay. It also kind of reminds me of, like, spouses who are like, yeah, no, you, I have to die first because I do not want to live without you. Dude, you know what this is? What? There's a Winnie the Pooh quote about this. What is it? Okay, hold up. I, I like, know the gist of it. It says a lot about our friendship that I didn't even laugh. Because I was like, she's going to find something deep in it. This is a quote that, like, used to be on, like, I don't know, I would just hear it a lot. Mm -hmm. when I was in, like, middle school and high school and stuff. Okay. But it was a Winnie, it was a, a quote from a Winnie the Pooh book that said, if you live to be a hundred, I want to live to be a hundred minus one day so I never have to live without you. And, like, I was always attributed to Winnie the Pooh, and I don't really know why, but it's from a Winnie the Pooh book. Um, Yo! And that's what, it remind, that's what that reminded me that of. That hurt my feelings a lot. You should say sorry. Winnie the Pooh should say sorry. <laughs> um, Do you think you said that to Christopher Robin? I don't know who said it to. That sounds about right, though. Yeah. I always liked Christopher, Christopher Robin. Because his last name was Robin? Because his middle name is Robin. Get out of here. What's his last name? Girl, I don't know. Why would you lie? Do you know Winnie the Pooh was real and he was Canadian? Yeah. I'm sorry. Now I need to know if Christopher Ro Robin... Robin is his last name. name! No, it is not. Christopher Robin Milne. Was his oh, A.A. Milne. Gooey. Come at me. <laughs> I did, and I lost. I know. Okay, um... So then Indra gives them one minute to talk, and he's talking about how they have to justify the horror that they're, like, living through. She promises to give up the pills, and he talks about how he's lost himself, and not to confess, or else his sacrifice will be for nothing. Mm -hmm. And um, then they say they love each other, and there's this super extra hand, <laughs> hand shot for some reason, and Abby cries. Go ahead. Okay. First of all, the extra hand shot is, like, if you've ever noticed, they always do that with Cabby. Like, there's one every season. It reminds me of that shot in Deathly Hallows Part 2 of Lupin and Tonks. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, she reaches up to hold his hand at the end of season one when he's going to sacrifice himself. And then there's this really extra shot in Resurrection where he's, like, holding on to that thing and she, like, reaches her hand up and, like, drags his hand down and stuff. 
So like they do extra shots of their hands like all the time. It's beautiful. It's like it's like why, but it's beautiful. Um, but like I don't like have like a lot of thoughts on this other than I love that like even after like six years, they have a healthy functioning relationship, even though she's a drug addict and there's murder going on around them. They're like, that's the connection they both go back to. And so he's gonna go die for it. I can't like imagine like you've gotta be seriously like you you have to have a serious problem with those pills to think I'm going to commit a crime in this environment. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, like, you get caught, you get put in a pit, and you freaking die. Like, you don't... Addiction doesn't make you think past the end of your own notes. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting because Abby's kind of, like, always been able to get away with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, Abby's always been able to bend the rules or get around the rules or do whatever the hell she wanted. And now... She's looking at it and going, the person I love most in the entire world is going to die for my bad decision making. And even then, because she's an addict and he said, stop taking the pills, later you can see she goes she to take the pills. She still it anyway. Which is like, I get it. It's realistic. It's so realistic because like, I definitely had my share of like, issues like that, especially because like, I have really bad mental health and I have to take pills. But like, I also think that she's, she wasn't saying yes, I will quit cold turkey, she's saying, okay, I will start my yep. healing. I think that. she was, the minute he said that, she was already doing math in her head of how many pills she had left. Yeah. And, like, I I understand that. Mm-hmm. It's, like, addiction is an inherently selfish thing that doesn't mean to be selfish. Mm-hmm. Like, her doing this is not because she doesn't love him or she doesn't love anyone else. It's that it's the thing that she thinks she needs in order to keep, like, surviving. And in that environment, who could tell her otherwise? Mm -hmm. You know? Like, what other coping techniques are there in a bunker full of murder? There aren't really. And so they go back in the pit, and there's this guy who's in there. I'm so pleased. I like this guy. I like him too. I hope, like, I'm glad that he lived. He had honor. He had so much honor. Yeah. He literally could have just been like, oh, you're not going to fight? Dope. Just kill him. He knew that, like, one, he had to put on a good fight, and two, he gave Kane a chance. Well, like, is he one of those people who volunteered? Because if so, he's just like, hi, I'm trying to look like a really cool dude right now. I don't think he volunteered because he said, fight back or neither of us is getting out of here alive. Mm. So I think he was forced into that pit. Right, because otherwise, because if he wins and he just immediately kills Kane, he's like, what up? I'm the last girl. Yeah, no. <laughs> She's going to be like, um, what Raina, did he, like, earn his freedom and she's gonna go no you didn't do crap yeah you're back in tomorrow exactly like yeah. she needs him to fight mm-hmm. and he needs him to fight and all he's doing is just staring up at octavia and i'm like what a message i oh my god what a power move mm-hmm. like in the middle of that he took octavia's wrongly gotten power from her and gave it like not to himself but to everyone else yeah that's crazy and so he says, justice becomes vengeance becomes sport. Just snaps. He's not even wrong. Yeah. Snaps for Mark's kid. Yeah. And so she comes down and she's like, hi, Wong crew or not Wong crew? Freaking choose. And I'm like, clearly he has. First yeah, of all, he chose all, Wong crew. The dude kneels. Yeah. As soon as Octavia comes in. And Kane doesn't. Like, Hello, please don't kill me. <laughs> but I think, like, Octavia's not saying you are Wong Kru or the enemy of Wong Kru. She's saying, you serve me or you do not serve me. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, actually, I serve our people and look what you've done to them. And so he's saying, just 
like saving them is more than keeping them alive. Which, which is what Abby has said before. Is reminiscent of survival. It's more or life is about life. more than just for surviving. Yeah. And Abby saying, after everything we've done, do we even deserve to survive? Yeah. Which is like a core thing, but at the same time, I have I have a hard time with it because it's like, how is he going to save all of those people when they they've just they're so far gone? And so Octavia is like going to kill him, and then this is a literal literary technique called de- Deus Ex Machina, <laughs> which is literally just I mean the way that I, it was explained to me when I was in high school is like at, in the big climax or like in the big like leading up to the big moment something comes down and it's just like hello i'm here to resolve everything an act of god yeah and that's what this is yeah it's literally like the way it was explained to me in theater school is like when this would happen like back in the olden days of theater they would literally have somebody like come down from like the ceiling hanging down and being like hello like i am an angel or whatever yeah so that's what it really reminded me of them literally like opening up the roof and being like hello this is light i am an angel here goes it's bellamy it's me bellamy um and so they're saying like okay oh whoa, 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 what's going on like prisoners back to their cells and stuff and bellamy comes down from the sky and they have this hug between the siblings which we've kind of spoken a little mm-hmm. bit about as well um clark comes down as well and um they both look around and it's just like this is one filthy floor. You know, it probably stinks in there. Literally, it definitely stinks down there. It probably just smells like this. death. Nose blind. That's yeah, they've about. probably gone completely nose blind to how much that room stinks. Yeah. And all of them. Yeah. Like, when was the last time Octavia showered? Her hair's so greasy. There's no excuse to look that gross. Octavia shower watch. Yeah. Um, so now all of this kind of becomes, it kind of goes into mm. the ground storyline. So we're going to go back to the beginning and talk a little bit about what they're doing above the bunker. Um, so Shaw is on the radio and, was he on the radio? Or was he on the was he talking to Dioza? He was too. Yeah. Okay. So he, yeah, I was like, is he on the computer or is he on the radio? Did I put in the wrong electronics? But I did not. Um, so he says he has blocked access and, um... I don't know what I'm saying. My next note is kill now. And the other note is open bunker, please. I have no idea what you meant either. So, it, it, like, somebody is saying, like, why why shouldn't I kill your people? Or, like, why? Or whatever. Oh, wasn't that Dioza and Bellamy? Yeah, it was It was Dioza and Bellamy making a deal. But I, yeah. don't, I don't know what kill now means. The thing is, like, you get to the scene and you're like, okay, so they've made a deal. They're going to open the bunker. The the main point of the scene is to get to Bellamy and Clark. Yeah, and they're saying, yeah. like, they're going to share the valley and hopefully everyone will be happy then. And it's like, really? Have you guys been watching this show? So Clark sleeps. She slept. She slept. And they have a real reunion, which is good. It was, a, it was a really good reunion. It was so touching. I really feel like they knew what the stakes were mm-hmm. for this reunion. Like, So they did two! Yeah, they yeah. did two, and, you know... In the writer's room, they knew it was going to be a huge deal. And on set, they were like, Bob, Eliza, guys, people are going to need this to be good. Yeah. And of and course, Eliza and Bob also know what the stakes are. Yeah. And so, yeah, they, I think they talk. Yeah, like, I, I love, like, just the sheer, like, shock on their faces and stuff. Like, Clark just literally cannot believe he's alive. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's so cool because... She's basically spent six years, like, kind of making these people into legends and into stories and to have them suddenly come back to life. That's, that's, it's so, I loved it. It was beautiful. 
I'm so excited for Maddie to meet Octavia. Like, I know it's not the Octavia that she knows, but, like, yeah. that's really cool. Because Maddie's built Octavia up in her head so much. And we've only seen Clark's drawing of Bellamy mm-hmm. of, of all of Space Crew, but I'm sure she, like, told stories about them. So, like, I'm just imagining Maddie, like, chatting with, like, Monty and everything, talking about... Like, knowing like, everything about them already? Yeah, and, like, you know, Monty misses being up in on the Ark. So, of course, Maddie's saying, what was it like up there? And Monty will sit and tell her all the stories and stuff, you know? And, of course, like, Harper will chime in when you miss the detail. And, I mean, they're probably doing that right now because they're in the woods. Yeah. The only thing I'm really sad about is that Maddie can't meet her grandma. Yeah. Because she went up to space again. Oh. And so, but either way, Maddie's safe and everything. And everyone's alive, except... (laughs) Yeah, someone forgot to list Harper. Yeah. Uh, Harper wasn't listed. I think... Is that, like... Is that just sort of the accidental foreshadowing of the season this bothers me i love harper did no one think to mention harper like with the amount of people who this script went through nobody thought wait one two three four is there not another one i guess not i don't think this was deliberate no i think it was a mistake yeah but it's sad yeah like i feel like chelsea watched the episode and she was like hey what about Harper? What about me? I'm also there. Wait, um, what happened right before she said that? I had a, an important thought. Um, Maddie is safe, all oh, alive. That's what I wanted to talk about. What? Is, before anything really happens, is Clark's first priority is, is Maddie okay? Yeah. Like, and that, like, must speak volumes to Bellamy. Mm-hmm. Because Bellamy doesn't know Maddie. Bellamy doesn't even know who Maddie is. But now Clark, that's the first question she asks. So clearly Maddie is more important than all of the people he's been hanging out with, who he thought was the person who was most important to Clark. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also, of course, Murphy goggles, but she says Murphy's name first. She sure does. Aww. Aww. And um, home now. Oh, they're all home now. Mm-hmm. For, oh. for one brief shining moment, everyone is on the earth. Home. I've heard the word before, but it's never meant much more than just a thing I've never had. So we get in with, like, the religious people, Mm -hmm. and they're saying, Mercury says that this is kind of like negotiating with terrorists, and I think it takes one to know one. (laughs) (laughs) And we were talking a lot about this yesterday. Yeah, it's it's a pot called the kettle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's also what kind of sucks about us watching it together because then we have conversations within like the commercial breaks. And yeah, like curses. People like, want no, to hear this. We need to save this for the podcast. But like, we thought like maybe like what if none of them knew that Charmaine was actually a terrorist, and then they're saying like, oh, it's like negotiating with terrorists, and Charmaine's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> but then you put pointed out that like. They said she's the most wanted person ever. She's yeah. Like hugely famous. She's notorious. So sure they all know about it. And although McCreary probably wasn't a part of that group, probably did a completely different thing, obviously was a murderer, but yeah. maybe was not a terrorist. Yeah. Then, you know, I don't know, maybe he just forgot. It's been well, a while. And she then, called him a mass murderer. Yeah. So maybe. Sounds like a terrorist to me. He was probably in the army with her. Yeah. How long have they known each other? Yeah. yeah. I think they've known each other for a while. And I also think that, um, you know, they probably didn't consider themselves terrorists. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they could probably consider themselves freedom fighters. Yeah. And so they're saying, hey, let's go up there. And how long would it take Raven to kill all their people? About three minutes. If she's taking down all the firewalls and stuff already. 
And um, and then Makuru's talking about how he doesn't trust anybody. Makuru's a bad second. He is a bad yeah. second. Yeah, not the greatest choice. Your second sure. should be someone that you trust implicitly and who, in turn, can trust other people. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about how there's a doctor in the bunker, and Charmaine seems pretty freaking obsessed with having a doctor. Charmaine seems really obsessed with Abby. <laughs> can you relate? I can absolutely relate. Yeah. That's, uh... That's my whole life, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that's, like, a question What do they need later. a doctor for? What is it for? Like, oh, why do they need a doctor? I mean, I think, you know... When's Matt Smith coming? <laughs> at this point, David Tennant is my doctor, but... Oh, okay. Um, but... Matt Smith is my doctor for so much. Okay, please, tweet us. Who's your doctor? <laughs> you know what? Capaldi was a good doctor, though. Um, I think this is a question for later. I think that there's not really any point to speculating at this point of what she needs a doctor for. Yeah, because, like, the only thing we've seen is, like, that weird, um, stomach snaky thing, and yeah. I don't think that's what they want that's Abby for. I think it has something to do with whatever happened to Allegis 3. Yeah. I'm and excited. I mean, Abby cracked night blood last season, mm-hmm. so, but it really sounds like they're on borrowed time, because she mentioned something about a cure. Mm. So, it sounds like they're racing against some kind of clock the minute they woke up. Right. And then she says that they will kill Hostage Taker, which is Hostage Taker, I think it was, which is Bellamy. And his girlfriend, which is Raven, question mark? I truly, she knows Clark's name. She literally says, in the sentence before, she says Clark's mother. Mm-hmm. If she if she meant Clark, she would have just said Bellamy and his girlfriend Clark, or Bellamy and Clark. But she doesn't, like... If she meant Bellamy and Clark, she would have said hostage taker and the hostage. Exactly. Or hostage taker and, like, you know neck shot girl she could have had like 500 different nicknames for clark mm-hmm. and like i'm not trying to take away from like people assuming that it's about clark yeah. but i truly the minute i heard it i was like oh raven because mm-hmm. he, like that's his little like bird in the sky and those are the people who are being the most annoying to her right exactly now. because she's the one who has to buy the balls yeah so i truly think that it was raven i don't know well, that's I what i understood so once charmaine and mccreary get down into the bunker they're also being like Guys. Like what? Like was this the best move to open this box? Yeah, they were like, "Oh, you know what? This was a mistake. Yeah. yeah, this wasn't worth it at all." A lot of them are armed, and um, Clark's like, "Cool, big question. Where is my mom?" Which is the question that many of people have. Yes, and then this is like, "Hey, this is Octavia," and Charmaine's like, "Cool, nice to meet you." Um, and she's like, oh, you're a colonel? And she's like, yeah, I used to be. Hey, cool makeup. Where did you get it? Claire's? <laughs> and Octavia's like, actually, this is Sephora. You mega. <laughs> and Charmaine's like, actually, I exclusively shop at Chanel, so I wouldn't know. Yeah. So. I, the blood of my enemies is not my war paint. Mm-hmm. It's also looks like you missed your lips there. Do you yeah. know where those are? She's like, you know, when in the time that I come from, we have something called Instagram. You can probably get some cool tips from that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe you should have looked at some YouTube tutorials. Those really help out. Yeah, like it's really nice that like you were trying to go for the Furiosa, but I really think you missed. You could shave your head next time. You might make it. Octavia's like, yeah, well, whatever. And then she walks away. Octavia's like, what? <laughs> Octavia's like, oh. <laughs> I don't know what any of those words mean. Um, Charmaine knows what Sephora is, which is my favorite thing in the whole world. She absolutely does. Canonically, she knows what Sephora is. Yeah. Like, she knows all the stores we go to. Mm -hmm. She's, like, been in a Walmart. 
She's like, is that Ruby Woo on your forehead? And Octavia's like, what's that? And Charmaine's like, wow. Wow. <laughs> like, actually, genuinely, she has been in a Walmart. <laughs> like, she drank Starbucks at one point. Probably. That weirds me out. She definitely used to shop on Amazon. Yeah. She, like, was alive when the internet was a thing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. So, then they're saying, okay, so they're going to bring two people up at a time, which is weird because it seems like only one person at a time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, no, because Kane and Abby came up, like, yeah, right at the same time. Yeah. And so she's like, okay, so how many people am I saving here? Just so she can, like, so I can hold it over your head like Yeah. Her. And Bellamy's like, yeah, 1,200, because he assumes that... Octavia kept everyone alive. Nobody has died and nobody has had a kid, okay? Bellamy, what do you think the blood is on the floor, bud? It's not a decor choice. (laughs) And and Octavia's like, no, 814. Because I love that she, like, you know, does a census every day or whatever. Mm -hmm. She probably does. Yeah. And so then they're talking about how Raven is really good at her job. And she, like, puts the Raven symbol up as, like, a firewall type of thing. I love that it's the same thing from, like, the season three finale. Mm -hmm. She, like, coded herself her own little, like, calling card. It's like, what's up? It's a bird. Do you get it? <laughs> Do you get it? Do you get it? And Zeke's like, ah, yep. Cute, cute. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you have a crush on an idea. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know her yet. Um, so Abby is taking her pills again, and Clark and Abby have the reunion. And Abby's like, for you. Are you real? The floor is yours. Oh my god, Abby thinks she's so high right now. Yeah. Like, I, I, and I think that's, like, one of the cool things is, like, Paige kind of does, like, that out-of-focus look. Yeah. Paige is so good in this episode, but I think we really just need to talk about how good Paige Turco is in this episode. Holy crap, can that woman act. Well, like, also, like, I bet she, like, felt the whole earthquake, like, thing falling from the sky, and she's like, ooh, one too many today. Oh my god. <laughs> Stop. Um, the thing that I really, like, I was kind of bummed about this reunion, to be honest. Mm. It felt really rushed. I was kind of, like, waiting for the Griffin reunion, and then I was kind of like, hi, I'm here, let's get you out of here. Okay. But I do like that um, it kind of shows the subtle shift in priorities for both Clark and for Abby, Mm -hmm. where they very much are, like, mother and daughter, but Clark is like, okay, so we're going to get you out of here, and I'm going to go get Maddie. And Abby's like, okay, so we're going to get out of here, and I need to go get Kane. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, hello, this is a great reunion, but both of our reunions are about other people. Yeah. Which... I mean, to me, and I mean, we can definitely talk about this when they say goodbye, but is kind of realistic as you, as you know, kids age. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll talk more about that in like five minutes. Okay. Um, you, she, while I was talking, so what she does is she checks out while I'm talking about Abby or Cabby and she will play her Hogwarts game, which I am just learning, but that's fine because sometimes when she's talking, when we're like podcasting i will fully be on my phone like playing homescapes that's fair hashtag not spons i mean mine is just like it said my energy was full and i didn't want to waste any time yeah you well, know yeah i always i always wait for my energy to refill on homescapes because i'm remodeling a house so mm-hmm. yeah it's really important yeah so we are the reason people like charmaine bombed places <laughs> Charmaine played Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery. Charmaine knows Harry Potter. Charmaine knows what Harry Potter is. Yeah. Charmaine's like, yeah, I really connected with the Snape character. It's <laughs> like, man, Snape deserves better. And everyone's like, um, boo. Bad opinion. Bad Actually, opinion. Charmaine probably loved Hermione and McCreary loved Snape. Ew, uh, McCreary loved Voldemort. He sure did. Oh my god. We're both Charmaine loved politics. 
We're both just on our apps now. Yeah, but we're, we're managing to carry a conversation, which I think is very impressive. Hashtag millennial skills. It's, like, about our apps, though. <laughs> no, but, okay, but here's the thing. I think, like, um, Charmaine probably identified with Bellatrix. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, I definitely think I'm right. Yeah. I'm not crazy at all. I can have a, I have a crush on the Dark Lord. I get it. Oh, my God. So, Indra is saying that she'll save Kane, like, she'll figure it out, but, like, you know, she can only do too much, like, so much. Indra has no interest in playing out Octavia's plan. So, Octavia goes up first because she's the leader, and, you know, they talk about how from the ashes we will rise, and they make this, like, weird chant. they, like, chant her up. She's, like, a god to them. They're not chanting anybody else up except for her. I'm not feeling that. And, like, even Jackson and Miller are doing this. Like, where's my everyman in, like, you know, we see Miller in, like, a quick sec where he comes up and, like, has a chat with Bellamy, and I'm like, this is the Miller I know. Mm -hmm. So, like, what happened? Like, your everyman is Kane and Abby now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, but they are. I'm just so confused because, whenever like, we see Miller and he's like, hey, I'm Miller. And I'm like, okay, but there must be something inherently different about you because we've seen you on Octavia's right side. Yeah. She just did the L and the the, the finger L's to see which one was right and left. Because I meant, like, right-hand man, you know? But, like, was he actually standing on her right? He was. He was. was on her left. Um, but, and then, you know, something is clearly very different with him in his brain. But two things can be true, because it could be that they believed in Octavia's idea of justice, which is more fair than anything they ever got on the Ark. Mm-hmm. And it could be that they believed in that, and then they kind of just, like, None of them have been able to snap out of it. And, you know, I want to believe that Jackson doing this weird chant stuff, like, we see him being like, where's Abby? You know, so that makes me think that, like, he's still who he is. Mm-hmm. But then but then he does this chant thing. So I'm like, how many of the people in this room are doing the chant thing just because everybody else is doing the chant thing? I think that's the whole point. Yeah. Is, like... Because you don't want to be different in a society like this. Exactly. Octavia has encouraged everyone to be one crew Mm -hmm. so if you stand out then you're an outlier right and people don't want that Mm -hmm. and i guess it's like you know even their wardrobes reflect that like look at the change in wardrobe of everyone well she even could make like not doing the chants not showing up for the whatever not praying that's a that's like uh that's against the law yeah and you know over six years you could slowly be convinced of those things and think that that's true or you could think that it's bull, but if you say anything, you get thrown in the pit. And, like, they talk about praying. It's like, what are you praying to? I think that's Gaia. I think that's that's Gaia introducing the religious aspect into it, which is kind of, like, unfair to a lot of people because, like, grounder culture already had sort of, like, religious overtones, especially with, like, Heda mm-hmm. and things like that, right? So, but the thing is, I don't think any of these people have lost their minds. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of them are nuts. I don't think any of them are the people that they're not. I think they're all what they had to be to survive. But I don't think any of them are inherently different. Right. Octavia has always been someone who is hell-bent on revenge. Mm-hmm. I'm so dumb. What does hand thing mean? <laughs> like, McCreary's like, what? And Octavia gets up there. Hand thing! Oh, hand thing! You were talking about how she, like, holds her hand up? Mm-hmm. And that's, like... Oh, yeah. When she gets up, she lifts her hand up to the sun and, like, kind of, like, looks through her fingers, which is exactly... The Kane and Octavia parallels are crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exactly how Kane emerged from the ship when he and everyone else crashed at the end of season one. Like, the parallels between those two could not be more obvious. 
So then we have the Millamy reunion. And Yay! Millamy chill. Um, and then he notices that Miller has a gun with him, and he's like, "Listen, the plan was no weapons." And Octavia's like, "Cool, that yeah. wasn't my plan." Whatever. I love that moment for her because it's like, like she doesn't have to go along with everything Bellamy says. He's been gone for six years. She's like, literally, that was the plan that you like. That was the deal you made. Yeah. She's what, like, you just thought I'd go along with it? Yeah. Which is, like, not voting well for Bellamy being like, hey, did you know I'm with Echo now? <laughs> oh, yeah, those two are headed for some bad stuff, yeah. aren't they? So, Bellamy and Octavia go into this, like, really pretty room. I like it. And I'm like, how did this survive? Like, I'm glad Don't worry I did, about it. but, like, how? Don't worry about it. Um, and so, like, literally, he, like, turns around and is just like, so, sup? Like, what's up? What's going on here? What's happening with it's you, buddy? A bit. What's new? And I love how he immediately was like, hmm, feels like you've read that book too many times, right? Yo, he read her immediately. Yeah. Like, he read her to filth. Yeah. And so, she's like, listen, I've changed, you've changed, everybody's changed, whatever. So, anyway, I don't trust those guys. And he's like, cool. <laughs> cool. Total casual topic change. Cool. Totally, yeah. like, very cool We're gonna revisit change. the murder pit later, though. <laughs> yeah. You were definitely, you have not made me forget about it. You were about to murder Marcus Kane. Um, speaking of, Kane is with Abby and, and, and is coming up from the thing. He's still handcuffed, though. And he and Abby are the last ones to go out there. Ah! Go ahead and talk about it. So the quote that Jason Rothenberg, who is the creator and the showrunner, tweeted was um, a Kurt Vonnegut quote, which, you know, summed up is basically the one thing left in Pandora's box when all the evils have been released was hope. And then it flew away. So the last thing that you see coming out of Pandora's box slash the bunker it's Kane and Abby. And, like, Abby especially. And, like, the hope theme with Abby is, like, a huge thing. Like, from the pilot, she's been an incredibly hopeful character. So now you have this hopeful character at, like, the absolute bottom. And then you have her emerge into the sunshine and feel the sun on her face for six years. And she's the last thing that comes out of the box of evils. And then that quote ends with, and then hope flew away. And she and Kane literally fly away on a spaceship. Let me also point out that I feel the sun on my face is one of the first quotes of the entire series. Exactly! Not sure if that's relevant, but that's I liked it. Um, Clark and Kane hug. That was good stuff. He's <laughs> like, I missed you, my daughter. <laughs> my uh, daughter? Yeah. And so Indra's like, okay, wait till night, here's the key, and don't tell anybody it was me. She's like, it's here's- a my room. I'm like some cash- you know what? Here's the thing. I don't know if Indra ever would have done this for Alexa. Mm-mm. Because that's that's what that's why I like Indra's development here. Because she doesn't blindly loyal because of who's in charge. She has like her own moral compass that she's willing to listen to. Mm-hmm. And rebellion it. is such a huge theme. Like it's mm-hmm. such a huge I don't want to say trope, but like it's a thing that that's very important. And we almost always relate to the people who are rebelling. Yeah. I mean, think about season three, like, Kane's whole rebellion against Pike's rule was, like, Kane's huge hero arc. Mm-hmm. Um, Charmaine is, like, very clearly just watching this happen, though, because she's obsessed with Abby, which we get. Oh, my next note. Abby obsessed much? Question mark? Why would you say something like that to me? Yeah, sorry. Why are you accusing me of things? Mm. I think that's mean. <laughs> I think, I think you're the worst, and, uh, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> talking about how Raven is way too good for this <laughs> and Charmaine's like oh do you think she like knows that you're doing stuff and he's like oh like maybe and she's like oh 
<laughs> She's like, damn I, it. I thought you were, like, more talented than this. And, like, we even knew about this. Like, literally, they were, like, right at the beginning of the episode. It was like, oh, no, they're trying to get in. One keystroke. Uh, he's not in anymore. <laughs> Do you think they know that you're trying to get back in? Oh, that did not occur to me. Yeah, maybe. And she's like, hello, that's our people. We need to be careful. And so they figure they can deal with the open doors. Like, they can't deal with the people in cryopods, but the pods are sealed. So if they open the doors, they'll kill them and it'll be fine. Then they'll go up and they'll get their people and it'll be chill. So we talked about, you know, what happened there. And then um, my next note is camping. So everyone's just camping and they have fires and everything. Yeah, they're like, you know what we should do? Hang out in these abandoned ruins for aesthetic. This feels like the beginning of season one, though, when they had, like, a a bunch of people and it was just like, camp out, fam. Woo! Party! Except all of us are terrorists. There's literally no rules right now. It's a lawless land, one would go as far to say. And so we have this new guy who literally shows up just to ruin everything and then dies. Would one say that perhaps this new guy is the briefly lived Riley? (laughs) Am I right, though? Um, And he goes up and he's just like, hey. Like, Mercury, most of us are way more loyal to you because we're sexist people. Yeah, yeah, And um, we don't trust women. So if you wanted to save a mutiny, we'd be down. And Mercury's like, hmm, not yet. He's like, you're right, but, you know, give it a little bit. I'm also very sexist, so I agree, but not quite yet. Yeah. The timing is wrong. And so he's like, don't be stupid. And um, Charmaine says... My doctor. She uses my doctor. So clearly there's something wrong with her that she genuinely needs a doctor for her. Or else she wouldn't be so worried about it. If it was just like, well, we need a doctor just like in general. Like, here's my list of people we need. Doctor, farmer, engineer. Like, all these things that Clark thought of for the list. Yeah. It's like, this is the specific thing I need. Why? And, like, the question... It does beg the question, why does Dioza have such an obsession with keeping all of them alive? Like, what loyalty does she have to those prisoners? Yeah, and, like, every single one, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they take off uh, Kane's cuffs, and they're going to run away. And they run away together. So I think Clark is the one who's being like, I'll just, like, find a way to reason with Octavia. And (laughs) Abby's like, yeah, "Yeah, freaking right. Good luck with that, bud. Yeah. I think Abby has completely given up on Octavia. She's like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. I love how Abby has known this Octavia for six years. Yeah. And, and, like, knows for a fact. But, like, Echo, who doesn't even know that that Octavia has happened, is just like, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like, somehow Abby and Echo both have the exact same opinion of Octavia. Mm -hmm. And they're both right. So there's an explosion. And I guess they ruined this fountain. Has this fountain been relevant before? No. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, there's just, like, threaten, threatening is happening. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Bellamy's like, hey, I, you know, I can do a thing. I'm, the, te- like, I'm the team dad here. And Charmaine's like, do the thing. I don't give a crap. And Bellamy's like, fine, I'm here to do the thing. Raven, what's up? She left me on red. <laughs> Yikes, not answering. So then we have the dude. Bad dude. Yeah, the dude who's just, like, the worst. And Abby surrenders and says, like, yeah, 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 it's me, like, we'll go. And she's like, uh, we? And she's like, yes, me and my husband. Yeah, that's she, it. That's gonna be a problem. And Charmaine is like, um, I thought maybe, like, we could get married. Yeah. I need a doctor, so I don't get it. She's married to a friend of mine. He's married to a friend. 
friend of mine. I like super love this though. Cause like, you know, Kate and Abby had like a five minute conversation where they were like, we could run or we could go fix this problem. And they were going to run. And then this big old explosion happened. Yeah. And, and she's like, yeah, if I'm going, you're going. Like, I feel like Kane didn't get any, like, say He had no say in that. Like, they were literally, like, hiding behind a pole, and, like, Abby was like, ding. Yep. Gotcha. Abby's like, okay, there's our way out. So and Arcadia. Kane's like, no, and she's like, yes. yes. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> so Octavia's like, yeah, whatever, traitor. <laughs> oh my god, get wrecked, Octavia. Abby's like, okay, bye. I understand and empathize with everything that happened to Octavia, but this line makes me want to just, you know? Because it's, like, traitor, and I'm like, Really? Really? He was trying to save your soul and you're gonna be like that? You don't deserve him. Um, and Charmaine says that she sees where Clark gets it. Yay! My new favorite kink in the whole world is people recognizing Abby's narrative importance and brilliance. Mm-hmm. It hasn't happened since season one. Mm-hmm. I feel good about it. Okay. Yeah. And so she's like, yeah, we're taking the valley, so if that sucks for you... Bye. Bye. I don't care. And they're like, let's. We're just gonna keep your two buds up in space as hostages. So that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward. to Now it. we got four main characters. What are you guys gonna do? You only got like two. <laughs> so then the like stupid guy shoots Octavia, even though he was told not to. And some dude they sacrifices himself and literally jumps in front of this like sonic boom for Octavia. Yo, the zealousness of their devotion to her is insane. Can't relate. I can relate because it, I would throw myself in front of a cannon for Abby Griffin. Can't relate. You're a Slytherin. You can't relate. No, I could never relate. Um, have you tried being gayer? You know what? I have tried. Yeah. It's not working, though. You know what? Just keep trying. You'll get there. It's fluid. I'm working on it. <laughs> something I'm working on. It's fluid, Barbara. <laughs> and so Indra saves Octavia because Indra has to put up the illusion that she cares about Octavia. I think Indra does care about Octavia. I think Indra wants to save her soul just as much as Cain does, mm-hmm. except that Indra is doing it in a more subtle way. Right. So they want to fly away, and she's like, okay, we've got two missiles, so one into the bunker, one into the crowd, Kate, okay, bye. And Abby's like, um... Yeah, literally what? Like, my family is down there? Literally? My one family? <laughs> oh, this is what I wanted to talk about earlier, is when they drag Cain and Abby away, um, like, Abby makes this decision like that, right? She's only just reunited with Clark. Season one, Abby, even with Jake, wouldn't make this decision. But they've been apart for six years. Abby's, like, grown outside of her relationship with Clark. And she knows that Clark is okay. And her priority, it's safe to make Kane her priority. Like, her, it's safe to make her significant other her priority. Which is something that I think a lot of parents experience as their kids get older. Is they're allowed to rebalance their personal lives with being parents. So that they can put just as much focus on their marriages and all of those relationships as they can with their kids. And if your kids are settled, it's it's even that much easier to do it. So that's what I really liked about this moment where, like, Abby was like, you're fine. I'm going to go deal with this immediate problem, which is that Octavia wants to kill, like, the man that I love. And so I think, I just think that's really cool. And it's, like, a really mature, like, thing for the show to do. It's not that Abby doesn't love Clark. It's that, like... Abby has a different priority now. And now Clark is where Abby was, mm-hmm. which is do anything and kill anyone. Number one priority is Maddie. And Abby gets up there and she's like, hi, do you guys have any of this specific drug? Stop it! <laughs> yeah, but probably. I, I feel like Dio's is going to like look at the drugs in Kane and be like, 
you fool, you've given me two weaknesses and I only needed one. Yeah. <laughs> and so Zeke is like, bro, like those missiles, those missiles are supposed to be for like rocks and stuff. And she's like, cool. Well, if it's supposed to blow up rocks, it will probably also blow up people pretty well. So let's go ahead and, <laughs> and do what I told you to do. Like, what weapons did he think they were using yeah. before? What did he think the boom boom gun was for? I, I am, am the, the boom boom, boom gun. gun. Okay, the sonic gun. Petition to rename it to the boom boom gun. G I Gia Gun is also raising her hand. My name is Gia Gun. I don't jump guns. I am the boom boom gun. Oh, is that it? Yes! That was a high five. That was a high five that we actually didn't connect on. Ah, that was terrible. I am the boom 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 gun. Okay, and so he's like, literally there are like 15 people, 15, 15, 1500 people left in the world. Like, it's probably not great to like keep killing people. Like, are we not supposed to like populate the world or something? Because Zeke is like, I have someone in mind. But also, aren't they like kind of killing a lot? Like, I... Oh, yeah, I guess it's none of their people down there, right? Like, I wonder if that's why Charmaine is so worried about about killing every single one person, because in her group, because she wants the next generation to be mainly her people. Yeah. But also, murderers will raise not great children? Question mark? I don't know. I think it, dep it depends on the person. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, like, hesitant to agree because, I mean, in the whole show, you can kind of see, you know, people like Murphy develop out of... Right becoming like being murderers and into people who would recognize Raven's value and try to ease her burdens. I mean, I guess my only thing about that is just that like Murphy was also surrounded by good people. Yeah, whereas these are like a bunch of super duper murderers yeah. and stuff. So, I don't know. But um McCreary's like gonna kill Shaw and he's like literally I'm flying the ship, so McCreary's an idiot. McCreary's stupid. He's not a good like McCreary's a great villain because He'll just kill anyone. Mm -hmm. He doesn't give crap. Mm -hmm. He's a mustache-twirling villain. It's kind of refreshing. It's, like, it's also really stressful because you're, like, anybody could die because yep. this man will kill his whoever. Whim. Yeah. Whoever. And he, it's not like he listens to anyone. He yeah. doesn't listen to Dioza. Mm -hmm. So, Shaw is saying, like, just so you know, this is a freaking mistake. Yeah. This is bad. And, but either way, the missiles won't launch. And so she's like, oh, is it Raven's fault? And he's like, yeah, probably. It's like, everything's her fault at this point. And she's like, well, let's go get her and make her change it. Whatever. And then... Back McCreary, to space! McCreary kills the dude. And he's like, whatever. It was a great moment, to yeah, be honest. There are, there are 283 more up there. Yeah. We, you can pick a set, another guy to be the guy who holds the boom boom gun. I feel like Dioza... Her motivation might be that she just wants people to rule. Mm. Because, and she wants people to be loyal to her. Because, like... Oh, I see. You mean she wants people to rule under her. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were being like, people rule. Woo! Yeah, I think she thinks the opposite of that. Yeah. And then she's like, people suck. Mm -hmm. Um, Octavia blames Bellamy, um, and they're going to start a war. My other thing is that, like, Miller literally calls her Blood Reina, but we're talking about, we've already talked a little bit mm -hmm. about that. But yeah, she's like, here, and now we're at the beginning of a war. And our opponents just left on that spaceship, so I'm not sure how that's gonna go, but... How are we gonna fight a war when they're in space? Yeah. Hmm. But also, Kane and Abby are going back to space. Feels good, feels organic. Mm -hmm. Now it's time for our segments. My first segment is the post-apocalyptic sass watch, which is also our favorite line award. Mine goes to Murphy for... Nice to meet you. We're not bad people. We <laughs> this has got to be the first time Murphy's ever said that phrase. Yeah. I am not a bad guy. Well, nice to meet you. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. All of those words in that order yeah. and out of that order. Mm. 
Imagine Murphy saying nice. Yeah. <laughs> and mine goes to Zeke for. She even had time to flip me the bird. His name's Zeke. Yeah. 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 And uh, my other segment is the most valuable protagonist award. So this week's MVP goes to Indra. Good. Yeah. She deserves it. Mm -hmm. She is having a hard time. Yeah. And my segment is CGSW, the Clark Griffin shower watch. I mean, her hair is still pink, so yeah. she's... so no shower. No shower, no. but still looks stunning. Yeah. Oh, and my second segment is the Marcus Kane beard appreciation. Good beard. Good beard. Very good beard. Good ponytail, too. You know what? Great ponytail. Mm -hmm. Work that up, too. Yeah. And now it's time for our trailer reaction. Three. Two. One. Play. This what? This seems like a horror episode. Oh, yeah, I there it is. Horror I love horror episodes. This whole trailer kind of seems like it's from like the first ten minutes of the episode. Yeah, you know what I mean. And also, like, they're all wait, hang on. Why is there a mutant person inside someone who's not from Allegis? That's the thing. You know, I don't even know. Also, Clark says we have to go back, which is a... Exact, is that a Lost reference? It's an exact Lost reference. It's like an iconic We line. have to go back! Kate! 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 We have to go back. Okay, okay so, so we have a camp, mm -hmm. and I think this is going to be a permanent installation for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a big old sandstorm coming. Yeah. Where they found this much sand in Vancouver, I, well, I guess beaches exist, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. NCGI. Yeah. Yeah. Robin, it's your nightmare. Ugh. You hate sand. Gross. Who's this running through the desert? I feel like Bullamy? Probably Bullamore. That boy Bellamy? Okay, so this is still Polis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they must move out away from Polis and then come across some kind of thing. Either something someone ate or... Something, right? We know, we know this is a dude. Yeah, and everyone's really freaked out. Is that Miller? Yeah. Okay. Like, is this what happens when cannibalism is a thing? This is, like, lightning going on right now? Yeah, this is... Uh, it's Bellamy protecting Clark from something. Okay. And then Octavia looks sufficiently unshowered. Oh, Clark's looking a little unshowered, too, guys. CGSW. Who's this? I don't know if I said it. If I... It looks like Kane's locks, but I know it's not. He's having a nice... Oh, it's Kara! Oh, Kara. It's Starbuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is something creepy. And inside. they don't have a doctor. All they have is Jackson now. Yeah. Like, Abby's not there. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, That's gonna suck. But also, that tent city didn't look enough for that many people. No. 800 still... people. Yeah. So where's everyone else? Don't know. I'm excited for the next episode. Me too. Okay. Uh, so thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. And if you are so inclined, we would love it if you would send us and write us a review on iTunes. We, we like reading them and it's good for the podcast. And it makes us happy. And it makes us it's happy. It's good for my soul. Yeah. Yeah. And to inspire you, we would like to read you a review we have gotten. We haven't quite gotten any reviews on our The 100 podcast yet, so if this one is your favorite, go ahead and send one of those. But to inspire you, we will read you a review that we just recently got on our Riverdale podcast. Mm -hmm. This podcast used to be my second favorite Riverdale podcast, only because I found it late in the game. But now it is my number one absolute favorite. So sweet. <laughs> what sets this podcast apart from others is the clear love of the show, the attention to detail, and the accurate facts. 
I could listen to you guys talk all day long. I'm seriously considering watching The 100 or Lost just so I can listen to more podcasts. You should watch both those shows. Yes, first of all, watch both those shows because they're both great. And, um, anyway, our Riverdale podcast <laughs> is available for you to listen to. But, yeah, we would love it if you guys would write us a review and we will read them out on the show because we love them. And it genuinely is, like, for me, it's really validating because, you know, I <laughs> I have low self-esteem, yeah. so I think I'm a very annoying person. Let us know what we're doing right so that we can keep doing it. Yeah, because, like, it just, like, for me, it's like, oh, people actually do like what we have to say. Mm-hmm. That's that's really important to me. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, if you're a fan of Riverdale, you should go check that pod out. And if you're a fan of Lost, Robin, do you enjoy that show? I do enjoy that show. We're all done season one, and soon we'll be starting season two, and our first episode will feature Claire from Metastation fame, so if you are interested in hearing her thoughts on 201, which are going to be many and wonderful, uh, go ahead and listen to our Lost podcast. I love that you think that most of that conversation isn't going to revolve around shirtless Henry and Cusick. Yeah, also if you like Henry and Cusick, he's on the show. Yeah, I, I enjoy him a normal amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube. I mean, all over the place. We've been posting to our Instagram since we've been together here. and uh, But mostly Twitter. You know, that's our favorite place to be. I'm really tired. <laughs> our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Aficionados, as we mentioned earlier. Um, it's expensive to run these, and we really appreciate any donations that you have to spare um, because... It's expensive. I just really love the way you say that. I don't know why. It's cute. It is expensive. It's expensive as hell to run three podcasts, and we want to do more. Yeah. Yeah. Our short list is Orphan Black, Stranger Things, and Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. So, or, like, any other... Yeah. Let us know. Current, upcoming shows? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. What's good? What's new? What's happening? Yeah. We took a shot on Riverdale. We did take a shot on Riverdale. We kind of, like, we looked at it and we're like... That show looks interesting. I like Archie comics. Let's do a podcast about it. You know Two what? seasons later. Two seasons later, coming up on three. Things are good. Yeah. It's a good show, guys. Like, you know, it's a little dicey, but it, it's, it's... It's an okay show. All right. Yeah. It's, if you like uh, soap operas mixed in with, like, Teen Twin Peaks and murder, yeah, that's the show for you. I mean, people have literally told me that they listen, or they watch Riverdale just so that they can listen to us rag on it. <laughs> It's what it deserves. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Pretty much everywhere. And I also run at The 100 Script. And, uh, yeah, we go through every line of The 100. We are currently almost starting Nevermore in Season 3. Cool. So Three definitely go check that out. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And, like, my Instagram is Britter's Ray. I don't know. Someone has all of the handles that I want. Yeah. I didn't unify them early. That you were strong to that brand game. <laughs> and the next episode is next week, 505 Shifting Sands. And I figure we'll probably have special guest Sam Casey's from mm. Telltale TV because she will be here on Saturday. Yeah, she'll just be around. So, like, why not? Yeah, she's going to kick around. We'll talk about Kate and Abby because yeah. they are, I think, the, if not the A story, the B story of 505. Why do you think it's called that? Shifting sand? Yeah. I think because there's a lot of sand. Like the sands in the hourglass. So are the days of our lives. That's what it reminded me of. I think shifting sands is like shifting allegiances. Yeah. And- 
the whole footing of the understood dynamics that everyone has. Okay, dope. But also sand. Mm-hmm. Sand. <laughs> okay, I love you. Okay, bye. Everybody.